This is an extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast of a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. All right, let's move on to the annual report for the NWEA Spring 2020-2022. Dr. Swift. Thank you, Madam President and trustees. As you are aware, we're keeping our eyes on our students and their growth and development in many ways. Um, I often refer to the most important way I think we measure growth, and that is through the um, wise eyes of observation, in-class observation, of our gifted teachers and support staff and leaders. Uh, This evening, we're bringing the annual report of NWEA. Of course, there are a number of other measures, our running records, that our teachers are working on with students each week the direct observation, their daily classwork um, or assessments that may occur in the curricula areas. So there are many ways, and NWEA is one of those. Ms. Linden, Ms. Parks, and Mr. Dan Berger are joining us. Um, Some of them are actually out of town with other obligations, but they made time to join us here this evening. So uh, it's wonderful to see you all. Uh, Ms. Linden, Ms. Parks, Mr. Berger, I'm calling you in the order you are on the screen, uh, on the big screen here. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll uh, do NWEA first. Does that sound okay? Very good. Thank you. Good evening, President Lazarus, trustees, Dr. Swift. It's our pleasure to be here uh, I am joined, as Dr. Swift shared, with my colleagues, Ms. Jazz Parks and Mr. Dan Berger, and Jazz is going to kick us off tonight. Good evening, trustees and community. Thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to share with you our NWEA benchmark spring assessment results. I think Mr. Cooley is going to share our slides as we uh, talk through our um, results here. So tonight we are going to review some key background information related to the NWEA assessment, as well as our student growth goals. We're also going to share with you some reminders about some key understandings around the assessment. And then Ms. Ms. Linden and Dr. Berger are going to go through some of those NWEA data analysis pieces for you. And then we're going to talk about some next steps. So some background information as a reminder, during the 2022, I'm sorry, during the 2021 academic year, our students were assessed in remote settings. And so they took their assessments without the support of AAPS staff. And so, so, so the assessment results are gonna greatly differ from student to student because of that. And so we just wanna remind um, both the community and our trustees as we shared prior that so those comparisons to current results and prior results should just be uh, made with that in mind. During the 2021 academic year, we also had locally created benchmark assessments for our students in grades kindergarten and first grade for math and in reading for our students who are kindergarten, first and second grade. And those results are reported a little differently as well due to the remote instruction of that 2021 academic year. So during that same school year, when we returned to in-person instruction, we had some fully 
online options for families. And so those students who participated in online instruction after we returned to in-person instruction were invited to assess in person. And that had some varying, varying impact on our participation rates because not all students um, kind of came to that in-person assessment. And so that impacted participation rates. During that same 21-22 uh, year, the students who are in grades 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, so our middle school students, were administered the NWEA for the very first time. Um, and they had, so there's not going to be that historical data for them for the NWEA as we will see with our elementary students. Our commitment to student growth and our goal is always to ensure that each and every student reaches high levels of academic achievement and also demonstrate appropriate growth and progress each year. So as required, we are sharing this state-approved NWEA measure to talk about that spring growth. But as Dr. Swift stated in her introduction, we want to just remind um, our community that NWEA, we know, it represents but one measure of achievement for our students' growth and progress and is used um, in conjunction with a host of other assessments that teachers utilize as a matter of their daily practice with students in the classroom uh, and report out to families around progress for their students. So as we continue to assess the impact of the pandemic on our students and work to ensure that our student growth um, addresses that impact, we know that that work is gonna continue over multiple years. Um, we also know that for our students in kindergarten, first and second grade in particular, it's our critical priority to make sure that we are really focused on accelerating the learning opportunities and experiences for those students in those critical younger grades to bring them up to kind of progress that we wanna see each and every day here in, in our public schools. And we also know that our teachers and our staff continue to focus their efforts towards that strong and continuous academic growth and progress. And we will look forward to continuing to share with trustees and community these assessments results as they are administered again next spring. And I, uh, I will turn these slides, uh, the next few slides over to Ms. Linden and Dr. Berger. Thank you very much, Ms. Parks. So we'll go through a few different ways to look at our NWEA data. The first we'll share is the growth measures. So this is related to our goals to ensure that every student makes growth. And in this chart, what you're seeing is the past several years of students who met or exceeded their growth goals in the NWEA program. And what we're taking away from this is that while we are starting to see student growth in 2022 begin to bounce back to our pre-pandemic levels, there's still work to do to make sure we hit those marks again and continue on that trajectory to see more and more students meeting this growth goal. And Dr. Berger is going to share a little bit of context about how to read uh, that growth goal, what this means. Dr. Berger. Good evening, everyone. Uh, so, you know, when we're looking at NWEA, the primary way that we are comparing ourselves to something is by looking at NWEA national norms. So the NWEA did a very, very large study um, where they looked at over 5 million student results from NWEA tests around the nation. 
And um, in 2020, they released a new set of norms that sort of shows where the nation is on NWEA based on their study at that point in time. So just, just as a note, that was a pre-pandemic measure. So all the comparisons that we're doing here are all pre-pandemic levels of student achievement. Um, so they, so the NWA determines a mean RIT for every grade level at fall, at winter, at spring. They also um, determine what the expected growth is for students at different levels um, on the achievement scale. So, you know, if you if you are at the second percentile, they expect a certain amount of growth between fall and spring. If you're at the 90th percentile, they expect a certain level of growth between fall and spring. And... Basically, NWA reports to us, did, did your students meet the growth that they're expected to make or not? And this chart is showing you the percent of, percent of students that met that growth. Um, you know, you can see that we, in the three years prior to our COVID-19 pandemic dash line there at 2020, um, when we didn't administer in the spring because everything was closed down entirely, um, our, we had sort of three high, high level years of student growth, um, students meeting their growth. And just after the pandemic, if we sort of kind of ignore the administrator remotely year because that's sort of not very comparable because we don't know exactly what the administration looked like, you can see that we've bounced back to just above the 2016 levels. And so we're kind of on a growth trajectory to get back to where we were before the pandemic. So I guess that's what I would have to say about this display. In Thank you, Dr. Berger. Yeah. Really appreciate that. So, so that uh, chart we're looking at are reading and mathematics. So you'll see reading in orange and mathematics there in blue. Uh, and next, we're going to move into some achievement data. So in these next couple of slides and tables, uh, what we're showing to you is that the Ann Arbor Public Schools students continue to demonstrate their achievement in both reading and math in ways that exceeded and continue to exceed pre-pandemic norms. So there are those national norms and we continue to post-pandemic as we're emerging from the pandemic, continue to see our students excelling in this area. So here you will see our NWEA national RIT mean in light green. And you will see above that in navy blue, that is the Ann Arbor uh, performance or achievement level of students. So these are mean RITs compared to national norm mean RITs. And you can see in every grade level from grade K through grade eight, AAPS continues to exceed those norms. So there's some good news in these data. Uh, so in the next, you'll see the table representing those same data. Sometimes it's helpful to see that in numeric form. Uh, so you'll see each of the grade levels mean RITs for AAPS compared to those NWEA national norms. And in the far right column, you're seeing the percent of that norm goal reached. And you can see we're above 100% in every area. And then you'll move on and we'll see the same view for reading. Uh, here, light green NWEA mean RITs and in orange, those are our AAPS reading mean RITs. And again, in every grade level, we are exceeding those targets. So there's some good news there on the achievement front. We just left the growth side. So we wanna to continue to see those growth, those growth um, goals being met as we bounce back to those pre-pandemic um, high watermark years that we left right before that pandemic struck. And in slide 12, uh, Mr. Cluley will proceed to show that same table with our data numeric form. And you can see in the far right, uh, we're reaching over 100% of those RIT goals and targets. 
Dr. Berger, did I miss anything on these slides you'd like to highlight? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. The only thing is in, in a separate analysis, we determined that in most cases, um, our students were actually, the, our risks were high enough that we were getting close to achieving what they would be expected in the spring of the following academic year even. So in some cases we are nearing, and in some cases we're more than a grade level ahead compared to the national mean rates, which is, is the good news here. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. So in the next slide, we're gonna move into a look at the percent of students now who are at or above grade level. And these grade level goals, again, are based on national norms, uh, as Dr. Berger already shared. And so some takeaways in the coming charts, and there are several, uh, are, of course, AAPS continues to exceed those pre-pandemic norms, um, not just in achievement and not just in, in growth, but also in the percent of students who are at or above grade level. So that's a look at where students land. And Dr. Berger will share a little more about this. But we really uh, note that when we look at these tables, you're going you're gonna to see um, historic views here. And um, we do notice in our data, uh, it's recognizable that the pandemic has, has significantly impacted grades K-2 in both reading and math. Uh, and, and we want to see more supports and continued urgency around seeking additional growth, looking to accelerate growth for our K-2 students. You'll see slight dips in the other grade levels as well. So we'll take a look at this, this slide. And it probably is helpful for trustees in the community to take a look at one line and see this through from, from one end to the other. So we'll take a look at grade one. Uh, here in the first uh, area of this chart, to the right of grade one, we're looking at the spring data from the 17-18 school year. You can see the mean RIT or the mean score for students in grade one was 193.64 RITs. Uh, to the right of that is the percent of students in that grade who were at or above grade level. Those levels are established by the NWEA norms. And now we'll shift to the right to the spring of 1819. And we are looking at a different cohort of students, grade one students coming in in that school year. In the spring of that year, again, that mean RIT being 193.39, so very similar to the previous uh, cohort of first graders at 85.6%. To the right of that, uh, as, as uh, Ms. Parks mentioned, we administered the NWEA in the 1920 school year that spring remotely. So those data are, are not data we can um, effectively compare. So that's why we're seeing some blocked out areas there. And to the right of that, you'll note that our first graders um, in, in that year also took the, the local benchmark assessment that we established because of that remote setting in that spring. So we'll shift all the way to the far right to the spring of 22, and you will see the mean RIT is 186.09 and 75% of students at or above grade level. So again, that's not the same cohort of students. These are different cohorts, but sometimes it's helpful to look at one grade's performance over time. And you can do the same thing for each of these grade levels that we've shared. Um, you can also look at cohorts. So uh, Dr. Berger has color-coded our data here so that you could look at the salmon blocks uh, each year as students progress or the yellow uh, to see how the same cohort of students may be performing. 
So the top of this deck uh, or this slide is the math results and the bottom portion are the reading results. And these are the mean results for grade. As we proceed through the remaining slides, we're going to see the same data, but we'll be looking at student groups. So we'll move on ahead uh, and slide 15. So again, these data are, are disappointing to us for many reasons, and they demonstrate a historic underservice to students in our five identified student groups. And there's a reason we look at these data and we talk about these data every time we bring data forward for the community and for the board. This is where our urgency, this is where the heartbeat of our equity work lies, and it's really critical. Um, so you're going to notice that, that we need to step up our urgency and our intentionality in these data. So let's move forward to slide 16. So here we're looking at grades kindergarten first and second. Uh, you can see that our five identified student groups are represented here. And in the middle of each block, there is a category that Dr. Berger has added that shows how students who are in none of these five groups perform. So that's one way to look at comparing. Um, at the top of each of these grade level data is, is the mean of all students in the grade. We just finished looking at those data, but we'll have them here as well. So this is the same chart we just walked through. You'll see spring of 17-18, spring of 18-19, moving all the way forward to our most recent administration in the spring of 2021, or sorry, 2022. And you can see within each of these grade level areas, you can see the mean writ for each of the students in these groups. And you can see the percent of students who are at or above grade level. And there's a lot of data on these slides. So we'll give you just a moment to take a look at those. And it's probably a good time to remind the community that these presentations, these slides will be available on our transparency site as well. So this is our grades kinder, first and second. And on slide 17, you will see the same data for grades three, four, and five. And again, you can look across the chart to see how students in grade three perform over time. Not the same cohort, but grade three performance. You can also look diagonally at the salmon colored blocks or the green blocks to see how students may be performing in the same cohort. And in slide 18, you will see our middle school data. Ms. Parks shared with you at the onset that these data represent two years of administration. Uh, we are looking at this year's data being the most meaningful because it was delivered in person. Uh, whereas last spring, those data uh, may not carry as much meaning because that assessment was delivered remotely. Uh, so we look forward particularly to bringing more of our middle school longitudinal data uh, to the board and to the community over time. Dr. Berger, what would you share in summary here? Uh, in terms of summarizing the whole, the whole story, I guess the, the thing that I would say is that um, so first of all, obviously, if you're, if you're looking at these um, different student group slides, you can see that we have some work to do on our equity work, as, to, as, uh, as Ms. Linden mentioned. Um, in almost across the board, our five uh, groups of focus are not at the same level as our, those students not in our five groups. Um, as an overall picture, if you think about the whole thing, not just separating out student groups, 
Um, I mean, I think the main takeaway that I, I take from these data is that while Ann Arbor Public Schools is still performing above national norms, we do have some work to do to get back to where we were more above national norms um, prior to the pandemic. So I, I guess that, that was my takeaway as I sort of went through all of this and created all of these tables. Um, slides 20, 21, and 22 are the same look. Uh, we just finished mathematics and now we're moving into reading. So they're the same look. Um, you will see grades, um, slide 20, grades K, 1 and 2. On slide 21, grades 3, 4 and 5. And on slide 22, you'll see our middle school data uh, demonstrating similar patterns. Uh, Dr. Berger, Ms. Parks, myself, uh, every member of our administrative team and our teaching team is well aware of the work that we are undertaking together and have a strong and solid commitment to doing right. Uh, by all of our students. Slide 23 uh, wraps us up with some next steps. Um, while they're difficult to fit on a slide because there's much work going on, uh, these bullets capture um, where the heartbeat of the work continues. So expanding and enhancing, um, really this, this part is about skill-specific support, skill-specific instruction. So getting uh, laser-focused on areas where students may need strengthening, that's happening every day in our schools and via small groups. So teachers, those data, Dr. Swift, that you mentioned earlier, that those formative looks, those observations, those, those short assessments that teachers are doing every single day in the classroom are informing how students are grouped for instruction the following day, the following week, so that that targeted instruction can happen. That's probably the biggest thing that we're doing during the school day to support uh, accelerating learning for students. Um, a big part of our tier one instruction is ensuring that we have an equity lens and a focus on our curriculum and our pedagogy so that everything we do with our students during this precious time we have between those bookends of the day is equity centered and is meeting our students' needs. And so what follows after this are some, some of the ways that we do a core plus more model. So they get that great tier one core instruction that is becoming more and more equity centered and meaningful and relevant. And there's this plus more element. So that comes in the form of intervention courses supported by our intervention staff. It comes in the form of tools like Dreambox for mathematics, like Lexia for reading, so that students can work both independently and with the instructional support of a teacher. Um, you've all seen the framework for equitable instruction. That's our blueprint for the work. We will continue to make that concrete to help our staff, our administrators, and our teams make that learning more relevant for students. And of course, we'll be monitoring. Uh, that goes without saying, but we want to reassure folks we are monitoring all the time how students are doing and looking to adjust and respond to what those data tell us. Um, and you're well aware of our summer opportunities and some of the extended learning programs that we offer. So that, wrap, that wraps it up, Dr. Swift. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ms. Linden. I'm sorry I didn't mean to press in on that. Um, I just want to keep that slide up for a second, if we could, that focus uh, that we have, trustees. We've always had it, but now we are bringing out more and more in terms of really wrapping our students in opportunities both within the classroom, in the school day, and beyond uh, the school day, even into the summer sessions, intensive reading sessions that are ongoing right now this summer. So we know our charge. Trustees, you know that we keep an eye on our students 
at all times. We did that before the pandemic, but we certainly will continue to do so now. We also know that the impact of the pandemic was different for different students. And so we are focused particularly on those five groups of students that are not, um, that are not where we want them to be so that we can continue to see them grow. So trustees, you'll continue to see us updating this data. We will uh, have another set of data in the early fall as our students come back to school. We will continue this monitor and adjust and wrap literacy and math supports. That is our rhythm of operation to ensure we're keeping students and their growth and development at the center of our work. Thank you for listening to this extra episode of the A2 Schools podcast, featuring a recent presentation to the Ann Arbor Public Schools Board of Education. Please subscribe to our podcast to hear Superintendent Swift talk about important AAPS issues and more. You can find out more about AAPS at a2schools.org.